all those feeds and all those accounts and all those people and artists and everything that you think have it figured out. Once you start asking questions and like you said, even connecting with them on Instagram and getting to know them and developing these friendships, you really realize that nobody has it figured out. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufel. Welcome to the podcast for the woman who works. If it's your first time tuning in, thank you so, so much. Hope you've had a great week. We have a lot of news today and we have an exciting episode today with Nisha Batesh from Ola Guapa. And as I said earlier, May is our month full of interviews and June is kind of looking that way too. So exciting stuff. In typical Working Girl Talk fashion, let's dive into this week's headlines. First up, social media today reported some good news for all you Pinterest users that have an online store. So Pinterest announced this week that it's updated its Shopify app and it will be adding a new option that will enable Shopify merchants to quickly and easily feed their entire product catalog into shoppable pins. This is a big deal. So once the app is installed, it will allow a merchant to deploy a tag on their website for Pinterest analytics and upload their product catalog and quickly publish in stock product pins. Previously enabled Shopify merchants had to create ads on Pinterest and then track selected performance data, but this new integration just is easier and expands your product listings and is way easy so you can just upload it all at once and it's very seamless so this is really awesome if you run an e-commerce store and have products and are like pretty active on pinterest which as i've talked about in other episodes you should be because pinterest is an awesome search engine to find inspiration and a lot of people do find products so this is some good news. So hopefully if you have an e-commerce store, definitely check out that Shopify integration if you are a Shopify user. Next story, The Verge reported that Spotify is giving premium users a new feature that will allow them to share DJ duties with anyone in their immediate vicinity. So this one is an interesting story. I don't know if this is a feature that I would actually ever use. So Spotify is calling the feature Group Sessions and they rolled it out in beta this week. So a host can share a Spotify code from their app and whomever they want to share it with can pause play skip and select tracks you basically can just listen to the same playlist as your friends that are close by it's a like a fun feature and i think it maybe it kind of ties into this um, like social distancing period maybe where you don't see your friends as much so that you, but you can still listen to the same music so an interesting feature we'll see if that gets used Next story, The Verge reported this week that Twitter will now let its employees work from home indefinitely, which was first reported by BuzzFeed News. So this was a big headline everywhere. I saw it on the Today Show. I saw it in a lot of other places. So they've been working from home since mid-March because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then they have basically decided that they can run so smoothly without being in the office that they will let employees work from home indefinitely and they did talk about like different days that they will be going back to the office but yeah so they have that the employees have that option now so that that's an interesting move on their part but for a digital company in it makes sense and maybe it's just because i am part of that generation that's used to working from home but very interesting and i wonder if any companies will follow suit next and last story i'm sure you can tell that i'm tr trying trying to get straight to the interview today <laughs> TechCrunch announced that Google Chrome will finally help you organize your tabs. Thank goodness. So Chrome is rolling out a new feature to help you better manage all your open tabs. Are you somebody that has a million open tabs on their browser? Yep, 
Me Too. The company announced the launch of tab groups, as they call it, for in a beta version right now, which will allow you to organize, label, and even color code your tabs for easy access. The feature makes its way to a stable release of Chrome next week. So to use the new feature, you'll right click on a tab and choose add to tab group. And then you can select an existing group to the tab or create a new one and which you can name and label. So kind of fun. I think it's a great idea and I'm excited because like I said, I am very guilty of having a ton of tabs open at once and you can't ever find anything that way. <laughs> and that is it for this week's headlines. Let's dive into our Working Girl Talk guest of the week. I'm super excited about this one and this one is just proof of the power of Instagram and connecting with people and I just love that the world is getting a bit smaller with social media. So Nisha Batesh is an artist, creator, business owner, and designer. She does it all. She's the founder of Ola Guapa. It's an online shop, community, and blog that connects, celebrates, and supports female artists and entrepreneurs. In this episode, we talk about her career journey, working in textile design, her experiences at New York Fashion Week, which are really fun, starting her company, and the many hats a business owner wears and so much more. This episode is perfect for the creative, for somebody interested in fashion and design, for somebody that wants to tap into that creativity and tap into a really strong community. She is an awesome community builder. And if you haven't checked out her Instagram or website, do it because it is pink and fun and vibrant and definitely a great way to brighten up your day. So with that, let's welcome Nisha to the show. Welcome, Nisha. So excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love it. This is one of those things that like Instagram just brings the world together. I love it. I found you on Instagram and yeah, I just, I love it. I think it's so cool because we didn't have stuff like that so many years ago. You couldn't meet people like that. So it's pretty fun. It's so true. I've met so many cool people through Instagram, some who have become friends, some who have come to events. So it's an awesome place to connect. Definitely. So to start off in typical working girl talk fashion, um, can you do a brief, just like a quick little intro for people that may not know who you are? So who you are, where you're from, what you do right now, and then we'll dive in deep to the full story. So my name is Nisha Vitesh. I'm born and raised in San Diego, and I'm the founder at Ola Guapa, which is a artistic community blog and online shop. Perfect. Very cool. So I want to go back a little bit further back in time here, you are somebody who is very like involved in like the artistic community and you had like this artistic vibe and we're going to, we're going to dive in deep, but have, did you always like grow up knowing that's like the area you wanted to be in? Like as a kid, were you pretty like creative and artistic? Because I know you ended up studying textile design. So I'm just like, do you always know you're going to do that or how does that happen? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So I've always been into fashion and I've always been into art. I think more so the side of like making things and being really hands-on with uh, with both of those two passions. And uh, like even in high school, I would like had my own sewing machine. I got that for my 16th birthday and I made my own clothes. Um, so immediately I kind of knew that I wanted to do something with one of those two things. I entered the Academy of Art University as a painting major 
and found that it was really difficult to be creative in a setting where somebody was teaching you how to paint. I didn't like it at all. So I switched over to fashion knowing that I kind of had a split love for the two things. And again, I just hated it because it was so mathematical, like drafting and pattern making was just like so, um, so much more about the numbers and again, not super creative to me. But as a part of being a fashion major, um, I had to take textile design class. And so that really merged the two things where I could be hands-on, I could screen print, I could uh, use heat transfer, I could use paint, I could get my hands dirty, and I could involve textiles. So, you know, merging the two things, fashion and art. So cool. And then can you explain exactly like what textile design is for maybe somebody who's not familiar with it? Yeah, so it's pretty general. Textiles are like surface patterns. So anything with a surface pattern, I mean, you could go from like the interior of a car that's a textile, but I'm much more focused on um, really bold prints, experimenting with new techniques. Um, so right now I'm working on marbling, but any surface with a pattern is considered a textile. Very cool. Okay. So you finally, you figured out, okay, I want to do textile design. Where do we go from here? So I ended up studying at the Academy of Art University for four years. Super, I had a great teacher and department head. Her name was Rona, and she really helped coach me. Um, she really helped me figure out like discipline. So I was really all over the place with what I was doing, and she really helped me focus on process, how to take something from an idea and not just jump to like instantly creating, but to really work it through with mood boards and, and storytell. Um, and I did really fall in love with the element of like storytelling through the process as you create a product or, you know, a finished piece. And my senior year, something really cool about my school is that we had the opportunity to either go the regular route and do what's called portfolio, where you would be able to build your portfolio for the entire year. Um, and then hopefully, you know, land a job at the end of that. Or you could do something that was a little bit more adventurous called collections. And so New York Fashion Week invites six designers from our school to show up Bryant Park. So that's what I decided to do. I teamed up with um, a master's student who did the design and I did all the textiles and we entered this competition and it was a wild, wild ride and we ended up making it to the end. And so I got to show my textiles on a ready to wear collection at Bryant Park during New York Fashion Week. And it was the craziest experience of my life. <laughs> that is so cool. Can you tell us like all about that? Like give us the scoop on Fashion Week. What what was it like actually having your designs being shown? So <laughs> I think that it it's interesting because I think that you would ask you're asking that question maybe to like figure out the big picture of like what what are the models like? What is this like? What is what is the production like? But really like our heads were so down. Like I was we did this textile, um, this textile called, I believe it's called Shibori, that um, we were using, we were basically like manipulating fabric. And so we were manipulating them into these like little like puffy balls and we were putting them all over this huge ball gown skirt. It took days and days and days and days and days and we were doing it all the way up until like literally the model's foot hit the runway. And so just details like that for the whole week that we were there prior to showing, we weren't focused on what models, we weren't focused on hair, we weren't focused on anything other than finishing the garments like in full detail. <laughs> so it was really for me, I'll say it was really, really head down. Um, and I imagine that that's how it would be for probably anybody showing anything on that on that scale. 
Yeah, I bet. That is so cool. I want to talk about it because you've mentioned it on your blog and on social media, kind of like that feeling of I've shown at New York Fashion Week, like, what do I do now? Like you kind of like hit that high point so early on, like, what are you supposed to do? So can you kind of talk about that? Like, how did you navigate that process after? Like, what, where was your head at? Like, what am I supposed to do now? That's a really good question because I think that that moment unknowingly kind of like set me on this path that I'm on now, which is like after seeing your like my prints and my designs walk down that runway, there was this feeling in me like I couldn't go to work for somebody else. Like I had, I had seen my vision come to life in like such a really cool way that I knew I wanted to like keep pursuing that high. It, it felt like so I think for a lot of people graduating, they were looking for offers from different like design houses and things like that. But I really took it as an opportunity to say like, okay, I've done it once. And I was just obsessed and, and addicted to the result and how I felt um, and how fulfilled I felt that I wanted to keep chasing that. I think that um, in doing that, I, I've learned a lot along the way. And I think that one of the things that made me want to start Ola Guapa is like looking towards other artists and other creators and other entrepreneurs and seeing like an Instagram feed that looks so perfect and so flawless and wondering what their secret sauce is, wondering how they're doing it. Because I think it's really different to be in school and put together a collection with guidance from, you know, teachers and coaches and professionals and then to go off and say, okay, well, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do my own thing and not have that support system was a really difficult feeling. I bet. And I, I think a lot of people can relate and not even just in this industry, but all industries, because you do kind of have that cushion of direction and school. And then it's like, oh man, if I don't want to go into this like typical mold of what everyone's doing, like, where do I go now? How do I do it? <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting because in school, everything was so hands-on, which is what I fell in love with. I mean, doing screen printing, like you literally, like you cannot even think about getting a manicure because you're just always covered in paint. But when I was starting to apply for jobs, I realized that everything was digital. So everybody was designing textiles and they were just doing, it seemed that they were doing repeats and just different colorways. And I wanted to experiment. I knew that I just wanted to do something different with textiles, with what I had learned in school. So following that, I think has led me kind of in an interesting direction. Um, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I think we all are though, right? <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, that's something funny because that's really what you end up learning is that all those, all those feeds and all those, all those accounts and all those people and artists and everything that you think have it figured out once you start asking questions and like you said, even connecting with them on Instagram and getting to know them and um, developing these friendships, you really realize that nobody has it figured out. <laughs> it's so, so true. So then after that experience, you ended up launching Nisha Batesh Living, your own line. Yeah. And then can you talk about that period and then eventually the transition into Ola Guapa starting? Yeah. Um, so I think with Nisha Batesh living, I was getting a lot of advice from a lot of people around me. I didn't want to do a brand that ever involved my own name, but everybody was like, you have such a cool name, use it, use it. And I think that it was kind of like for me, it was like Nisha Batesh living was an experiment. And I think that everything that I learned during that time period has lended so well for me to like be confident in my decisions with Ola Guapa. Um, and I didn't really ever want my designs or my work to be about me. And that's what Nisha Vitesh Living felt like. So Ola Guapa 
to me, um, a huge important part of it was really making it more of a community and making it like very inviting to share other people's stories as well. Love it. And so let's dive into it. We're here. Let's dive right into Olaguapa then. So you mentioned like cultivating that community element, which I think is really cool. You feature a lot of different female artists. And can you kind of talk about, you've mentioned it a little bit, but a little bit more about why that was so important to you and how did you start that? Did you just start reaching out to people? What was that process like? Yeah. Um, so, you know, to bounce back and forth a little bit, I think that with Nisha Patesh Living, I'll just refer to it as MBL. It was really difficult to have that, that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm drowning. I'm struggling. Like I'm trying to do textiles and I first launched with pillows and then got into purses and I kind of jumped all over the place because I wasn't focused and I didn't have a roadmap. And I think that, you know, sales were happening, but it was almost like I was so dependent on the sale. And that's what I was so focused on that it really like dictated a lot of of what I was creating. And I felt like really, really stuck. So instead of um, sort of being inspired by or looking to other artists, I just started reaching out and asking questions. I started connecting with them. I started cultivating sort of my own little community um, before Olaguapa was ever born. And I think that like the response and like how many people were feeling the same way that I was feeling after you got into those conversations um, of trying to start something new and all the struggles there really made me realize like how much we could lean into each other. And if we could all share everything that we know and really like expose the fact that what like we talked about, nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just doing our best that's kind of how Ola Guapa came to life. How would you say that it's evolved since the beginning now? I think it's evolved slowly but surely and I think that it it will continue evolving. I think that I wrote my very first blog post that I did was called Start by Starting and I think that that is a blog post that felt so therapeutic for me because a huge like challenge or I'll say like roadblock that I face probably every day is like well I'll do this when I have that or I'll start this once I'm there or I have this many followers or this many sales or then I'll reach out to people to see if they want to have me on a podcast or you know almost this feeling of like I'm not ready yet and I think start by starting is just kind of like my own little personal mantra of like just go like just how you start is you just start like you just you just get in motion and you try to stay in motion. So I think the evolution of Olaguapa is evolving like every day as I have a new idea or a new vision. Um, I'm just trying to keep the wheels turning. (laughs) Okay, that is perfect. I literally have in my notes right here, start by starting in quotes because I love that that's a huge element of your website. And I totally agree. I think it's so important. And so many people are really scared to start something and they do use that as an excuse like oh well i'm not there yet one day i will be but you'll never be there (laughs) if you don't start you'll never be there and it's even like a scary question to be asked that like how has it evolved or where will it go because Mm -hmm. i don't really know and i think that that can sound um flaky or wonky but it's the truth like i'm just doing i'm just doing my best every day to follow like my gut and what's fulfilling me and what I'm hearing back from, from, you know, this community, like what they need and what I need and trying to put together like a really cool community and business. 
Mm-hmm, definitely. And on the note of community, your community is really cool. And that's something that a lot of people are trying to achieve, especially right now when we're all spending so much time online, trying to find that community, trying to build one. Because just because you have like a shop or a brand doesn't mean you actually have a community. So do you, do you have any like tips or insights that you've learned about community building that you could share? Yeah, I think a big one that took me a while when I first started, I just wanted like just speaking to uh, Instagram specifically, just it was volume over quality and it was just followers 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 and I think that a huge part of it was for like that swipe up feature like once you get to 10,000 followers you get the swipe up and I've never bought a follower I've never I've never like done any of that I've grown everything organically but now I would say um, the difference is versus instead of um, focusing on more I'm just focusing on the community that I have and trying to make like daily interactions with as many people as I can um, you know, it's interesting when you reach out to somebody over like DM or on caption or, or, or sorry, on comment, um, whatever it may be, how people want to talk, people want to communicate and they want to engage with you. And they want, you know, just as much as I want somebody to give me feedback on a product or a process or something that I'm sharing, other people want the same thing. So it's interesting to me, um, when you see people trying to grow by, by volume, instead of trying to like focus on you know, the community that they have in front of them. Yeah, that is so true. And I love that you say that because I heard once, or maybe this was, I I think it was something like, why focus on the community you don't have when you have one right in front of you? Like, why would you be chasing people that aren't even a part of you when you have people right there? Like you might as well be engaging and interacting with them, no matter how big or small. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, um, I'm almost at like featuring 50 different artists and these are like artists from all over the world. And so um, Ola Guapa is almost two years old. And I think that not letting those, not letting those artists like slip away, like making sure that I'm still staying in touch with everybody. I think that just because the feature was complete and it's up on the site and now we're not corresponding via email or anything anymore. It's like still interacting with what they're doing. That is so true. That's a great tip because sometimes it's like, oh, I featured them on my blog or I featured someone on my story or a podcast. And then you kind of just forget about it. But that's so smart to just keep cultivating those relationships. Yeah. Keep bringing it back full circle. I mean, everybody's always, you know, for the most part working on something new. And I think that it's just easy to kind of act like, okay, check, like that task is complete. But I think that the difference that I'm trying to make is, is to keep all of those relationships going. Totally. And then I wanted to read a line from your website that like totally struck me. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, that is like me. So on, your, on one of your blogs, it might be your about section. It said, were they working side jobs? Were they waking up at 5 a.m. to answer emails and update their websites? What materials were they using? So you're kind of like on that quest when you're first starting this, like how are people doing it? That resonated with me so much because I am the person that is waking up at five to answer emails and stay late. And I I just thought that was so good. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that right there kind of shows how real and authentic this community is. So why was that so important to you to kind of showcase? Because I, I think that that's how it started. I think that that was really, and still to this day, you know, is like my journey and my struggle is... Um, looking, looking to other people who, 
seemingly had what I wanted to create um, as far as like a brand or a product or people who were um, women who are making a living off of their art. And I couldn't figure it out myself with NBL. That that sentence is kind of like this the summary of it. Like how that was my struggle. That, that that's what I was so frustrated about. Was like how was everybody else doing it? How what secret sauce did they have that I didn't get like the recipe to? You know, instead of being so stuck in my head and frustrated, like just by myself about it, being like, okay, won't won't that was a fail. The whole like catalyst for Olaguapo was really like starting to reach out to those people who I seemingly thought had it figured out asking those questions like what are you doing are you working a full-time job and then that's how you're able to have this beautiful picture perfect studio and or like are you like using some sort of advertising tool that I don't know about are you using um, some sort of do you have some sort of morning routine like I became obsessed with figuring out people's morning routines which is like a new thing that I incorporated into the artist features because I think like how people wake up and how they set the tone of their day and it's not like waking up at 5 a.m to answer emails was the answer like some people were waking up at 10 a.m and then staying up until two because that's what worked for them and I think the one thing that was consistent was just um a blogger that I follow, the Skinny Confidential, says it really well, where it's rinse, wash, repeat, you know, over and over and over again every single day. So it's it's consistency. And like every time you hit a challenge, you get resourceful and figure out how to get over the challenge. You don't just let that stop you. So true. Totally agree. And love the Skinny Confidential. She's awesome. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, so something that I know from personal experience and I know that you deal with too is wearing all the different hats of a business and no matter even though you're in the arts but you're also the marketing person the website person you're doing it all so I think and I don't think people need to be scared about that fact either so can you kind of just shed like some light on all the things that go into building something and I guess kind of shed a light on that because I don't know if people talk about that enough. Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, that is probably like maybe the number one thing that should be talked about more, maybe almost in, in any industry um, as for somebody trying to start something on their own. I think people don't, maybe realize what goes into even like just cultivating like a beautiful feed for Instagram, putting together a website. Like when I put up a new product, first of all, what goes into like sourcing materials when a material comes and when it arrives and it's not what I thought it was, um, you know, communicating with different like warehouses um, for those materials and learning like their language, which is totally, you know, each little like, step along the way you're learning a new language and i think like okay so then you make the product and you get that done and then you need to figure out how to package it how to ship it um you need to figure out what's going to work best for that then you know you need to write a product product description that resonates so yeah just every i mean at the end at the end result of everything, people just see maybe um you know the final result of the post or the final result of of what goes you know, what shows on your homepage or your product page. But in the meantime, you've had to learn marketing, you've had to learn advertising, you've had to learn, you know, SEO, you've had to learn all of these different things that you never even thought of when you thought of creating the product in the first place. <laughs> it's so true. What's like the role or like the hat that you've worn that you're surprised that you like know about that aspect now? 
I got held back a lot with like branding. I felt like I couldn't, if I didn't have like a font selected that was gonna be my font that people were gonna recognize or a logo or a color scheme or like my perfect Pantone colors and everything like all figured out and all buttoned up and I had my little like mood board ready to go that I, I couldn't do anything until I had that. And so I think that something that kind of like liberated me was just to be like, I'm not gonna have a font. I'm not gonna have colors. I'm just gonna like, it, again, it kind of goes back to just like start by starting. Like, I'm just going to start. Like, I'm just going to, I like this font today and I'm just going to use it. And I'm, I'm not going to let, like, I can't post that because I don't have my font ready. So I think like doing a lot of the branding stuff is still a challenge for me because um, it's just something that I, I never studied. I'm, I'm learning as I go and like putting together like different packaging and, and different things that are going to excite people when they open up my product, when they receive it, I think to me is something that, I'm working a lot on um, and it's it's cool to start to gain some confidence in that once once you hear the response and people are like oh my god how did you do that or how did you come up with that and it's like oh <laughs> so it so you like it you know because that's something that's like totally like fly by the seat of my pants but to me that's how it felt. Yes, that's awesome. And I think that people can learn a lot from that. Like sometimes you just have to just do it and not let it hold you back. It's honestly the whole theme of this episode is like start by starting, which I love because everyone needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, the amount of time that I've waited to do something because I didn't have something else in place it's crazy. And I think like a lot of people experience that, like, okay, I'm going to save up to put to hire like a branding agency. So I'm not going to launch a website until I have that. And it's like, you can launch, like you can do a rebrand as many times as you want to. Nobody's telling you you can't. And I think if a lot more people started with their ideas versus maybe just talking about their ideas or feeling like they couldn't do it because of X, Y, and Z and realizing that like everybody's still just figuring it out and everybody's just, it's just maybe the people who feel a little bit more brave to start not knowing what they're doing or maybe the people that you think have it figured out and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And that kind of goes into something else I wanted to talk to you about product. So a lot of people have an idea and they want to make something, uh, but you're actually doing it. So like you sell product on your website now, can you talk about that process and how that's been anything that somebody who wants to start selling product online, something they should watch out for or something you've learned along the way? Because e-commerce is a whole other animal, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe the number one thing that I've learned along the way, and I don't even know if this is like good advice, but um, being like confident to be involved in every element of it and not outsourcing a lot of it. So I, um, you know, again, maybe this is something that mentally was just holding me back is like, okay, I can't post product online because I don't have this camera. I don't have this backdrop. I don't have this photographer. I need to hire a photographer if I want professional pictures, cause I don't want people to think it's crafty or it looks junky or it's bad. Or, um, so I think, or, you know, I need a model because I'm not a model. So like, obviously you need somebody to look good in front of the camera. And I think that like just kind of letting all of that go and being like, I have full control over this website and this is my vision. And I'm really the only person who knows what I, what I want to bring to life. Um, and just stepping into all those roles, like we talked about, like not being afraid, 
not being afraid to say, okay, like, let me buy like a $30 thing on Amazon and set up my, my iPhone and just test, take pictures and test edit and test, put them up on my website and see what it looks like and ask friends like, Hey, what do you think of these images? Oh, they look good. Okay. Like, let's try it. Like, let's just launch it. Like, I think instead of being afraid, I think just staying in motion and staying, um, you know, resourceful. Okay. I can't get this professional photographer yet, but I can buy this $35 device and I'm just going to experiment and just go like two years from now, maybe I'll be in a position to be able to outsource all of it. But I think it's really fun to, to know like the ins and outs of, of your product and of your shop and to know what goes into taking those pictures. So when you do hire somebody else, you understand, you know, that language and you understand more about how to tell them what you want because you've already been able to achieve it yourself. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. And then let's talk about the product. So you are the designer. You make, I love your Instagram story showing you like doing the marbling. It's so cool. So can you kind of talk about that? Like, is it just you? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Cause your designs are super unique too. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it is just me right now. I actually have like a little DIY studio set up in, in our quarantine world, um, in my parents' house. And, um, I like to experiment with all different types of like textiles and all different types of techniques. So I never want that to hold me back, like, or, or sort of lock me in. But I always knew that, or I've always kind of been like obsessed with accessories. I feel like that's been like a constant theme. Like some girls have shoes, some girls have jackets. I've always just been obsessed with accessories and big earrings and big necklaces and headpieces. And I think that, um, so I knew that I wanted that to sort of be like a constant and just try different techniques, you know, to bring different things to life. And interestingly enough, I think that developing the product started with what I thought looked best and what I wanted. And as, again, like going back to community, like as I started to use my Instagram stories to ask people like, hey, this shape or that shape, like quick question, this color, these colors or these colors, like realizing that you know, maybe my, my personal perspective on something isn't like what is best for the greater good of creating a product. Um, so it's been really fun to like engage with the Olaguapa community that way and get a lot of their feedback and be like, Hey, is this a cool shape? Should I put it on the site? And if major overwhelming majority says yes, it's like, okay, I can spend the next week making that happen. I think it's really cool to see the results of that. That's so cool. And I think that's a good lesson too, that sometimes you can just listen to your audience and they'll tell you what they want. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel and think of all these different things. Cause like they'll help you and like, Hey, this is what we want. So I think that's a great tip for anyone who is interested in creating content or selling a product or anything they're putting out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, ask, 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 because I think like you build momentum that way you know, by asking like, should I do a blog post if that's a how-to guide on how to marble? Is that what you guys are interested in? Or would you rather me do like a personal blog post about like what I'm going through right now? You know, you might want to do one over the other, but ultimately what's going to create momentum within your community. And I think it, it teaches you a lot about who, who, whose attention you have. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure that they, since they were kind of like involved in the process, they're more excited about it when it does come to fruition too. Exactly. Super cool. Okay. So last question before we head into the rapid fire round, what are you excited about coming up with Ola Guapa? Like what are your goals this year? What are you excited about that you can't wait to share with everyone? 
Um, right now, that's a very apropos question. I am working on um, a launch for Guapa Gear. So it's going to be some cute, um, some cute sets and uh, just more wearables. So expanding out of accessories and into just different kinds of wearables. Awesome. I've been loving the sneak peeks on your stories. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying not to say too much. <laughs> I love it. I just see a lot of pink and I'm down. I love pink. <laughs> pink everything. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So we're going to head into the rapid fire round. Ready? Yes. Ready. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. We'll start off with an easy one. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Favorite thing you've ever made? This one was specific for you. I wanted to know. (laughs) I honestly feel like the, the collection that I'm working on right now, um, with, with the Guapa gear that's going to launch in the next week or two is what I'm most excited about. Um, I think everything is exciting as it launches and then it kind of loses a little bit of like pizzazz, I guess, as you move on to the next project. Um, so right now I would just say um, the gear that I'm working on. Awesome. My day is not complete without coffee. <laughs> awesome. And My day is started without coffee. <laughs> community is blank. I don't know if this sounds too corny, but community is everything. Love. Favorite book, resource, a podcast, it could be a person, like something that has inspired you and had an impact on you that you'd want to share. That's like one of those questions, like asking like, what's your favorite song? I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's a good one. Um, There's just so so many answers. It could be the most recent one too, if that helps. Like the most recent thing. To okay, add. yeah. The most recent book, uh, actually two. So um, one, I read the book, um, Girls Stop Apologizing, which is amazing. And anybody who's um, starting any project, anybody who has any sort of goal or dream should definitely um, pick up that. And the most current is um, The Branding Gap. And I forget who writes both. Sorry, I'm horrible with that. But um, The Branding Gap is a really good one for anybody um trying to figure out their own brand um, and what it means and how they're going to, how they're going to build it. Perfect. Love it. And last one, I am inspired by blank. I am inspired. The first thing that popped into my mind was Frida Kahlo. (laughs) Um, And the second thing that popped into my mind was other artists. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. You survived the rapid fire round. Uh, so where can everyone follow you follow Ola Guapa if you want to drop your handle yeah so on Instagram um, it's just at H-O-L-A-G-W-A-P-A and my website is uh, olaguapa.com awesome yay thank you so much for being on the show Nisha thank you I hope you enjoy my interview with Nisha. She is so awesome. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you haven't checked out her social media or website, definitely do so. It is super, super fun. Last but not least, before you go, my Friday favorite this week is a playlist I found on Apple Music. So if you're an Apple Music user, this is relevant. If you're not, I'm sorry, just bear with it this week. (laughs) So I found a playlist on Apple Music called Party Starters Playlist. It has a cute roller skate with a pink background on the front of it. And it is a great mix of songs, some oldies. We got some Backstreet Boys, some Britney in there. But we also have some new like Dua Lipa and we do have some even more oldies like Def Leppard and 
it is just a great time. So that is my Friday favorite this week. I stumbled on a party starters playlist on Apple Music. If anything resonated with you today on the show, please rate the podcast five stars because that just helps the podcast get seen by more people. Reviews really help us in that algorithm, which is super fun. And I love hearing your feedback. I love to know what you are thinking of the show. Leave a review, subscribe. And also if anything resonated with you today, share it with a friend, copy the link, share it with a friend, brighten their day too. So thank you so, so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. 